And now, listen with an open mind and heart as our grand master explains you only the truth. Allow your inner light to flow again and stomp out misinformation with only the facts. And now, listen to the Supreme Grand Master, Niall Malachi Zobel-El. Everybody to study the tablets for at least a year. Because I listened to a brother ask a question right today from up there, and the answer is already in the tablet. The question they asked about Luna is in the tablet. The question they asked about Canon, whether he was born in the ark or out, is in the tablet. All these questions I asked on the internet, send me the questions uh, about the Holy Tablets. And all these questions are answered. Every since every one we've gotten so far are in the tablets. It's just the people are open the tablets and they're reading a certain part and they're going, I'm stuck. And then they go and say, well, let me ask you a question so you will elaborate on that. And I'm like, at least read the manual before you try to put the bicycle together. That way when you do come to me and ask me questions, you will have covered, covered, and covered thoroughly enough that you'll know that there's an error there or typographical error. Well, that's a typographical error. But y'all do know we have made it public that when we had the uh, Holy Tablets printed, we sent it out to Texas because we were trying to get it done before a savior day. And they sabotaged it. They left verses out, changed words around. And they did it purposely, and we're in court suing them about it. But it was done. To follow so, we have sat back down, and it's been made public that I've gone back to the whole Holy Tablet within the last couple of months we're doing it every day, and we're adding in all those errors and shifting things back to place so we can have it printed ourselves again. We're trying to get it out again before Satan's day. So it's difficult to address that, those kind of points, because you might go to a point, I say, oh, that's, that's one of those things. They switched around, I have to give you a whole you know, lecture or something I'll download. Who's in the internet this week? Was anybody in there when we was there? This Thursday, I was in the internet with everybody, and we was addressing the Holy Tablet. I said, okay, I'm going to give you all the benefit of the doubt. I will answer Holy Tablet questions. And I had to go back and show them where it's in all the, other, all the things they were asking me already right there in the book. And I would show the book, and they go, they would say, oh, I got it. After months of pondering the lunar problem, of the, instead of them realizing there was two moons, they think that we, well, you said lunar broke off from here, and it's right in the tablet, six that tells you. You know what I'm saying? So I said, let me let everybody digest it. And by Savior's Day, we'll start with chapter one, first one, explaining this holy chapter. But here's the problem. Another book has come through, right? It's as thick as this and more detailed. You By the time you get here, you're going to be going to another whole book. They're sending information that's been long lost in time to come back. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, there's another book called The Black Book that's, that, that I started to, if you was on the internet, I, I gave the chapter and verse, I started to send the verse to, and I said, whoop, I held it back and I just answered the question because I didn't want to put it into the internet so the devil can get out on it. You know until we get it to your hands. So I get to you, don't worry about it. There's nothing that I've been sent here to tell you that they're going to ever be able to prove wrong. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. And 
not the real deal. It's not as difficult as most people think. The first thing we told everybody to do is, as in all historical events, it's time to make an exodus to a certain spot, right? A designated place, whether it was the children of Israel or the Samarians or the Hokies or the Trail of Tears, people with scattered tribes start gathering in certain areas. It always happens right before a great event. The great event is happening now. If you walk out here tonight when the sun is apparently set and look up, you'll see the three stars moving across the sky. We watched it come over and it's lining up over the firmament. And every certain amount of days, every 70, it recycles and goes over. These are ancient prophecies that must take place, but you must gather, they tell you. The souls of the people must gather. But it's that combination of souls that send that energy for the realignment. You follow what I'm saying? So we told people five years ago, when we was up in um, Jazir Abbas, and everything was very beautiful up there. Anybody was up there? Everything was set. But when they said it's time to go, regardless of the houses and the land and the food and everything, regardless, we jumped up and we left everything. We left our houses, we left everything, and we came down here and started from scratch. But many of people here, or there, said, I'm not ready yet. They wasn't ready to rough it with us. If I'm there, they want to come here once it's finished, and they walk into a furnished apartment, you know, with a quilt, and lay back and say, now I live on for day. But they don't want to do as the children of Israel did, when they had to go into the wilderness for 40 years and suffer, they don't want to do as the children of Ishmael did, and the children of Midian did, and the ancient Egyptians did, and the Samaritans that the Midianites who left and went over to that land and lived and suffered and scraped and burnt bridges, you see. Because as long as that bridge is behind me, I'm going back across it if something gets tough on this side. But if I burn them bridges, when I get on this side, I look back, I ain't got but one choice but to make this work. Whether it's raining, snowing, or hailing, I got to make this work. They want to keep these ties. And then come here with me and say, I hope what you're saying is right. When I say, I'm not a hope man. Everything I told you happened. Everything I told you to look for happened. This is not a place where people believe this crap. This is a place of people who saw the crash. That's why we gather here. We're not people who have a doubt of whether or not there's some extraterrestrial involvement. Our doubt was how do we stay religious with the reality that there's extraterrestrial involvement and it's not mentioned in the books we say we believe in. That's where our problem came in. Our problem came in from reality, faces, beliefs, and fictions. And as a devout Muslim my whole life, it was very difficult to flip open the Quran and scan and scan and scan and scan and don't see crafts. But I've seen crafts. Ain't no accident all across the country, all out the country. People see the same beings. Some little village in Switzerland that doesn't even have a radio station or a newspaper and people are coming to town and saying, little four feet, men with big eyes, and then over in Australia and in Saudi Arabia where it's a Kaaba and millions of Muslims go make the lot every year. Over there, people are seeing extraterrestrial crafts. Now down in Gulf Breeze, New Mexico, then they push, uh, what is it, this one place, Roswell, to take everybody's attention off the reality.
Now they got everybody talking about Roswell and whether or not that's authentic. And what about the millions of sightings that are going on today? What about people that are being abducted and coming back and going under hypnosis and telling the same story, describing the same being, saying they got the same treatment, they got scars on their bodies, probes taken out of their bodies, pictures of crap throughout Mexico, they actually shot back with home cameras. We had one of them last weekend. And just thousands of people in Mexico just took pictures of metallic crap, stuff like this. Not light coming across the sky that you can say, well, that could be this. Could be a meteorite. Could be this. Could be this. Actual cracks. You understand? And then when you come back as a religious person with religious conviction to Christ, Muhammad, or whatever, and you don't find it in your holy book, and if you go to your reverend or your preacher or your pastor or your imam or your kohan and you ask them about it, they tell you you're crazy because you are a signaled out individual in your church who had the vision, who saw the crowd. The majority of church is so spooked out or so caught up in it, they won't admit it. But you look like a nut. And the preacher can turn around and say, well, that kid there is a little strange. He thinks he sees little green men. The concept of the little green men are stamped in your head by the media, by television, by cinema, by the movies, as you call it here in America. So that when I say, I saw a little man, they say, you're a little green man, right? <laughs> and I can't continue my story without looking like I'm crazy. You know? So we're the people who've had the real experience. People that know something is getting ready to happen. We're the people that are psychic sensitive. We feel something right in the air. Regardless of whether we were Christians, Rastafarians, Muslims, Jews, Catholics, whatever we were brainwashed into, we took the time to investigate our own feelings and set aside our beliefs. Set aside our religious convictions. We reinvestigated the holy books that we had on our mantelpiece where a reverend sat there and told us what we should think, how we should think it, what each thing means. And we stopped and said, wait a minute, let me ask a question. When I started asking questions that the reverend couldn't address, I became a blasphemer. In Islam, when I turned around and asked simple questions, did Muhammad ride some type of camel preacher to heaven or not? And if there is red, what species is this camel preacher? Don't get mad at me. Have the learned men of Islam explain it. That's easier. Don't get mad at me and call me a demon because as a child I may be reading the Quran and see where Burud. Uh, my hadith actually. Burud. Burud. What's Burud? I'm a kid. What's Burud? I want to know. So someone said, Then yeah. Okay, well that's blessed. Right? Someone said, Well, this is a uh, creature, a gleaming white creature, the size of a mule with their ears dragged to the ground that Muhammad sat on in the night of Isra and made an ascension to a place that didn't exist yet. Masjid al-Aqsa didn't even exist then. And he flew there on a donkey. Listen, for all intensive spiritual purposes for the mutasawas of the Muslim world, I would accept that he traveled in time and space and saw the Masjid Aqsa in the spiritual realm before it was conceived on earth, right? 
But all that falls in the realm of belief and faith, not reality and fact. Now, as long as I'm a belief and faithful person, that's a colorful story. But when it comes down to reality, I want to know what species this creature that flies through the sky belongs to. Is it the white horse that I see in the front of the movies, the MGM movies? I've seen the white horse with the wings, but I've never seen a white horse that looks like a mule or a donkey in reality in any circus or zoo or log in any of the species of this planet. So where the hell did it come from? And what is it? And I get mad because I ask. I get met with stock for the law, you monastic. I even become shaitan. They go so far as to call you shaitan himself. So I am the shaitan. I'm done there. I was back there arguing with them in Adam's time because I got a question. Y'all niggas are really uptight. Y'all like nine on the tension scale in this place. Well, I'm going to deal with that. I can't even ask you a sensible question before I become the devil. And as we who have been sensitized by forces, that means they made me and you sensitive. They made me and you inquisitive. We had to be walking along the street minding our own business, and a book leans off of a table with some brother standing out there with whatever costume, this book catches your eye as you walk by you. And you tell me, what is this? What is this crap? What do you people believe now? <laughs> Mella who? Mella what? Mella, Mella what? Who? What is this guy? God, yeah. <laughs> And when they say he ain't no God, you know what they're doing? They're coming from their interpretation of God. They don't ask you when you say Malachi is God, what is your definition of God? They go right to their church or their mosque and say, stop it all, I'll say, those will be laying and say something. They go bubbling on down the street calling you Shaitan. And they say, well, excuse me, have you ever seen a picture of a pharaoh in Egypt? They go, yeah. Did you know that they were considered God? Yeah. It's not a black thing. Because Julius Caesar was considered a God. You know what I'm saying? That's what we mean. Talking about wisdom. They can't even begin to conceive common sense and logic because they've been washed in faith and belief. You hear me? But people are gathering all over the world that are aware that there's something shady about belief. And that's the word I dwell on every week. And you know why? Like I said many times, because once I can get you to believe something about somebody, I can damn near make you do anything to them. If I can come in here and say, see all these people gathering in this place, this place here? Yeah. They're a cult. They're a cult because they don't believe Now, why does that work so well in Christianity? Simply because the God of Christianity is in his truth, God says. He can readily identify with Jesus willing to give his life for you. So, if 
first thing they say about every group of people that's organized in this country who do not belong to a Christian denomination is they're a cult, and then it's followed by a suicide cult. But Christians are the ones who are suicidal because every cult in this country and in Guyana and everybody else who ever committed suicide on a massive scale were Christians. Because it's in their doctrine to be willing to die for someone else. It's not in our doctrine. You hear me? It is also not in the Pope's doctrine. Because that nigga be trying to live. And I don't care if you get mad. The Pope is trying his best to live. That nigga got a bulletproof Pope mobile. You hear me? I want to know. Uh, I've been asking this question, I ask this question every week. I want to know if the Pope is God's best friend. Him and God is tight. Why don't he want to go visit God? Why is he trying to teach me that I should want to die and go return to God when the Pope is ducking his ass off? They made him a new Pope-mobile when he went to Cuba with a lid on it. See, the old Pope-mobile, he could stand up like he's there and this. Wear it up. But the new Pope-mobile, he's sitting down doing this. Now, let's do what? If he is so close to God, and I know as good as the Pope is, when he dies, he's got a direct ticket to heaven. He will not pass gold. He don't need the $200. He's going directly to heaven, right? Mother Teresa, with all that beautiful stuff she did, she got a direct ticket to heaven. Mother Teresa had six collapses and pulled through it. And they'll tell you when somebody that age has a collapse and fall through, they got to want to live. After they'll tell every one of us who had relatives who were old in the hospital that had a seizure, they say, that problem with you, they got to want to live. The family got to give them that desire to live. And Mother Teresa pulled through six of them suckers. She had to really not want to see God. If the Pope is riding around a bulletproof Pope-mobile, he don't want to meet God. But he's teaching me to want to go meet God. Billy Graham collapsed four times while giving a lecture. Just went, oh. And God didn't catch us either. Billy Graham hit the floor in front of thousands of his followers. It was on television. No angels came out the sky and grabbed his homeboy, hit the concrete. Took him to the hospital, put all kind of tubes in him, pumped him back up. He was back out teaching again. Billy Graham should have walked up, pulled the tubes out, and said, I'm on my way, God. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And no one gets to the Father but by him. On the way down, the Pope was supposed to say, I'm on my way, Jay. And they make that sound like blasphemy. He's making fun of the Bible. If the Bible was infallible and factual, I couldn't make fun of it. 
what I'm saying doesn't make sense, you wouldn't be laughing. You know why you're laughing? Because it's frightening to think about it. When we start laughing, we might tend to your head. <laughs> My life start laughing like <laughs> your wife gets you mad. That's the real deal. That's why when we hear facts, the only thing we can do is laugh. Because if we don't laugh, we might go out there and start doing the people. You understand what I'm saying? So now, here we come along, and we came a long way. And we the people that say, we don't care whether you're a Christian or a Jew, a Muslim or Buddhist, I don't care. But if you question, start messing with me, trying to convert me to your religion, I'm going to tell you, as long as you don't bother me, I ain't going to bother you. We can come out here on cadets and party together and dance together and have a good time. But if you say, well, let me tell you a story about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say, hold it. I'm going to warn you now. I'm going to do the holy field on you. I'm saying, I'm going to step to you. But don't start this conversation. They didn't know that they, they saw me in a store. You know, Dr. Bell, I just asked you about your, your little uh, thing out there. And I said, listen, you don't want this to happen. I don't know who sent you here. Maybe that nigga sitting over there with that grin on his face, but he didn't tell you it was getting ready to happen to you. So I'm going to be nice and I'm going to pay for your dinner because I'm not the man you want to start an argument with. I got a lot of sons and daughters out there that will take you through it gradually. You understand? But you don't want this straight fight I'm going to hit you with. You understand? Why? You know why? Because when you deal with facts, fact after fact, people can't handle the truth. And they turn around and get mad at you. And I just say, you asked for this. I wasn't bothering you. Come on the cadets, walk around the pyramid, pray to whatever you pray to, the way you pray to, and let us do our thing. But if you step over that borderline and step into our business, then we're going to have to clean it up. And we're going to do it with facts. Now, give me a bite. There we go. You got one too, huh? He had the Bible, and all you Christians, he had the Bible on the floor. Y'all ought to be mad at him. <laughs> Get it on the way out there. This is why, <laughs> this is why I don't have no time. I'm going over this for y'all people. Why do y'all use it? I gotta use it so each week take you a little deeper into why you both. But this is where it all lies. <laughs> Hear me? In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Who's talking? According to Christians, this is God's holy book that he personally wrote with his own finger to Moses. I'm talking about the, at least the five books. Correct? So this should say, in the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. But it doesn't say I, it says God talking away from himself. So now the question is, who's talking? Let's keep going. And the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face in the deep. Now this person is talking about a formless earth, but at the last part he says the face of the deep. As you say, the surface of the deep. The deep is called water. Yeah. 
stay in the mind frame to get the shit, right? And the earth was without form. The earth is the ground part, the rest of the the matter part. It had no form, no mountains or streams to stand on. And void and darkness, boho and turquoise, was upon the face of the deep. Now, where was this person looking from? They had to be looking from one direction to see this. Look what it says. And the spirit of God, or the Elohim, moved upon the face of the waters. So this person was in the deep sea, looking up. You read it, you can read this is right here in the Bible. He's looking up from beneath the deep blue sea and seeing God moving across the water. Now, no angel could be doing this without God's permission. written by the yud, or the hand, yud the Elohim, the hand of God. And they wear on their neck a Jewish symbol like this. For hand. They say his own hand talks. So to them, God wrote this Bible. Is that right? They call it the word of, I want you to keep that frame of mind so you can see who's talking. It's important. Next verse goes, verse 3 says, And God said, Let there be light. This is not God talking. Someone talking about what they heard God say while they were in the deep blue sea watching God move across the water. He heard God from beneath the water say, let there was. And it says, and there was light. He's talking about what God said. He's talking about what God said. And God said something. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw, now he's watching with God. So God's, he had to see God do this. Walk it. Find it. And God saw that the light was good. Told. And God divided the light from the darkness. So God first looked at the light and said, and then he said, and divided. Somebody's watching this happen, man. That's what the Bible means. They're looking at this in progress. But, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning was on the he didn't say God did that. He figured that out himself. Look at it again. He didn't say God did that one. He saw the light and day. He said, I can see the moment. So this person understood the motion of the sun around the planet before the sun was created. Because the only way you can get night, day, and evening, and morning is the so-called motion of the planet around the sun. But there was no sun yet. Now, how did he see that? A vision <laughs> from beneath the water? For six. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water. He created a separation in the water. Look that up. And let 
it divides the waters from the water. Come on, Rev. Come on, Imam. Look at me. If God made life, then there is life even in our and then made two waters. Separate water from water. How do you separate water from water? The earth was still without water. They said they never said there was any form to the earth yet. And Muslims believe this because they say they believe in a Torah. They say a Torah is Allah, the word of Allah. Oh yeah, it's been tampered with whenever it doesn't match the Hadith or the Quran. Anytime you talk to them and something don't match, then oh that's been tampered with. You ain't telling a person who's Hafiz or Quran, I know better. Talk to someone who don't know the language. The king of Khan, as they call it. Alright, let's go where we at. Eight. And God called the firmament heaven. Stop. And there was evening and morning. Was on the second day. So now Water's up there, and water's down here. God divided me. Now, what, what, what is that? Where does that fit in in your, in your, in your lifestyle, in your, your normal daily atmosphere? Even in the morning, there's something. Night and day is there. Where's water's up there and water's here? That's ascending water. You follow? Mr. Water goes up to form clouds and comes down there. They already got, they got seasons happening already. And somebody, on this point, somebody is watching this. Somebody is fighting what God is doing and listening to what God is saying. And it ain't God himself. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place, clouds. And let the dry land appear. Now that means while all this was taking place, there was no dry land. Water was covering the whole planet. And at this point, dry land is. So whoever is writing does not walk on dry land. Whoever is writing reads underwater. Because we then covered somebody observing the creation before there was any place for someone to breathe here to walk. You understand? Somebody is breathing from underwater. Let's see what happens here. Watch the story. And God called the dry land earth. Can I go back a minute? Okay, so God just called the dry land earth in verse 10, correct? However, in verse chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. wrong there? There was already an earth. It says earth in chapter 1. It says earth in chapter 2. And it's all right. I'm not supposed to notice this. I'm going to sit up in church and gobble up the bulls and never notice this. And if I question this, then I'm a bad guy. I'm supposed to go on century after century and read this crap. And I'm not supposed to ever get intelligent enough on my own to see if it makes any sense. Now that don't make sense. And I'm going to put my soul in your hands and sit around and take, pray in the church and wait with you for the judgment day on this, based on this. Not enough. Call me anything you want, but you can have it. I don't need this. I don't need I can be bad on my own. <laughs> you know, anyway. And God said, let the earth 
bring forth grass and herbs and yielding seeds, and the fruit trees yielding fruit after his kind, his, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Again, somebody's monitoring his plan. God's now God. Right? You watching this? And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after its kind. And there were trees yielding fruits whose seeds were in itself after its kind. And God saw that this was good. He had to wait for it to happen to see that it was good. He didn't know ahead of time that it was going to be good. But God said, let it be light. And then God saw that it was good. He didn't know when he created life it was going to be good. If he did, he wouldn't have to stay there. Am I right? But he's doing an after-fact thing. Grass grows. That's good. That's what every farmer does. Plant something, if it grows, that's good. If it don't grow, he said, that's bad. Is that right? I ain't playing with the Bible. I'm showing you what it says, like it or not. I'm your brother. You've been listening to them, them other people tell you this is again wrong. Let me try to straighten it out for you. And I'm, I'm reading to you in English, but I can do this in Hebrew also. All right? Don't let nobody fool you. I ain't coming from this King James. King James wasn't even a Baptist. <laughs> he was an Anglican, and here you are, a Baptist in my King James Bible. Now, go read up on the Anglican church and see what they did to Baptists. You know? What was that? Ten? I thought I was further than that. Thank you. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights <laughs> in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. I thought he only did that. But didn't he just do that? Somebody forgot. But let's go on. Let's go on with our soul here, you know what I mean? And we were, where was that now, 14? And God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Didn't God just grow something back here? Don't things grow seasonally? Is this another mistake? How can you have a season created after you had a season? So God is doing things, looking at them, and naming them the same way I would. I'd make a car, which I didn't say, automobile. Mobile. Automobile. <laughs> if I get in the car, and I turn the key, and it starts up, and I drive away, I say, this car is good. If it don't move, this car is... The point I'm reaching at, and I can go on, is who is making these statements? Who's doing this? Who's explaining this story? Who's talking about God? Who's watching God? Who is under the water looking up, monitoring God? No, not the devil. Let me show you. Because in Genesis chapter 3, the same person talks about the devil. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the, ser the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So that ain't the devil. Here's someone talking about the devil now. Over here, there's an identity. It says, check with, and this is also in Genesis uh, chapter 3, should be around 15. 
Yeah, and I and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. This is what this person heard God say. You hear me? It ain't him doing it. He separates the devil from God, from the woman, from Adam. He goes on and says, um, now listen, check, this is verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. Now this person is holding God. The Bible says this person identified himself not as that early. And now in 23 it says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good from no good from In Genesis chapter 1, he talks about God. In Genesis chapter 2, he talks about Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, he talks about the devil. And in the part where he talks about the devil, he now says, Master.